Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, saints and ain'ts, welcome to the Unplugged Service JBLM podcast. Our mission at Unplugged is to build the kingdom of God by loving God, loving people, fostering connection, and cultivating community. My name is Chaplain Kevin Benton Jr. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast. Please remember to rate our podcast, review it, and please give us five stars. If you give us four stars, I am inclined to believe that you are a hater and the altar is open. And now with no further delay, here is today's message from Chaplain Christian Garcia. Check. Okay, there we go. Again, good morning, church. Good morning. Amen. I think I need to be looking for that. Good morning, church. Good morning. Amen, amen. We're so grateful. I'm so glad that God gave me another day to get it right. Amen. I've been struggling this week. I was telling the team this week has been a hard week. Has anybody had a hard week? Man, let me tell you, it was a struggle. I don't know how I was going to get here even to preach today. Because the struggle has been real physically, mentally, spiritually. It's just been hard. Amen. So with that being said, if we can all stand to our feet as we open God's word. Amen. And we're going to be in 1 John 4, starting in verse 1. And we're going to go down to verse 6. And it says this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you, amen, is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for this journey that you have taken us through, Father God, through the book of 1 John, Lord, and we just thank you for how you continue to just help us in growing, Father God, and understanding what it is, Lord, that you expect from us and what you want from us. We thank you, Father God, that you not just give us life, Father God, but you help in giving us instructions and things that we can look to, Father God, where we may get lost. I pray, Father God, that every person here today would take from this, Father God, which you need them to take from this. And I pray, Father God, there'd be no doubt in knowing that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. 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 <laughs> you may be seated. So let me tell you, I am so grateful to, have to, to serve with such a team that's just, that loves God so much. And last week, we got to hear Chapman give a great description of all the different ways of love, right? The way the types of love that we have, right? And he went in such great detail in explaining that. And sometimes, let me tell you what. I know we all serve on the same team. I was like, man, how do I preach after that? This man goes into such detail. This man is, God is using him, amen? And when we thank you for that, amen? We thank you for that, and, and we thank you for how God placed this on his heart to teach this book, amen? There's a lot that we need to be careful, especially nowadays. And we've been going over false prophets, and we've been talking about love, amen? So some of the first things um, that I love in, in the first part, I mean, I know we've been kind of talking about false prophets, 
But do you know that false prophets are just sometimes like off the chain, some of the ones that we see today. And I have a few examples of case you like, do people actually go out there and proclaim and act like they are actually prophets? Do people actually go out there and say, I am uh, Jesus Christ, I am the Messiah? Yes, they do. And it's actually happened quite often. And we may not see all these stories, but it's, it's not happening. Amen? Actually, let me switch mic. Can, can I grab that mic, please? Go for it. This one keeps going. Amen. Because yeah. that one's going in and out, right? All right, so, so here's the thing. Can we pull up the, that first shot, the first individual? So this dude here is coming out of Brazil. He is claiming to be uh, Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. He's claiming that Jesus called out his name and called him son. Now you're like, well, aren't we all children of God? Yeah, we all children. He's claiming to be the son, the one and only begotten son. And you can see he has followers with him that actually are believing and holding on to everything that he's saying, living in a compound in Brazil with his disciples in the same house. They're, they grow their own food and they go out and they give their uh, testimonies, essentially, and give their messages. And his name is Henry Cristo of Brazil. Kind of sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Cristo is trying to add things to his name. Can we go to the next one? This individual is out of South Africa. And I, honestly, I don't want to butcher people's names, okay? But he believes he, he's come here to be the Savior, to start casting judgment. People have given their whole, I mean, all of their retirement benefits to this man to follow him. Can you imagine giving all your benefits? You served in the military for 20 years, busted your, your backside to get those benefits, and then imagine all those benefits, you just gave them all away. Your retirement, all, every fund, every dime to this person. Okay? Here we go to the next one. This individual's out of Siberia. You're like, whoa, okay. Got a lot of snow in his face. Okay, go to the next slide. And tell me what's the one thing that stands out to you in this picture? Chad, what stands out to you when you look at this picture? He's way exalted above the people. He's exalted above the people. What else stands out in this picture? There are so many people there. Say again? The following. The following. Look at all those people. Holding on to what this man is, you know, saying that he is the risen Savior. What's the next one? This man is out of Japan. He's a politician who is not one of race, but he says he is the risen Savior, he is Jesus Christ, and he's here to start passing judgment. He actually tries to convince uh, the, the, his opponents, his political opponents, to take their life in the ritual uh, uh, suicide. And here's the thing, everything that he has, his agenda is all based off of politics. Go to the next slide. This is a little closer up with him. It's crazy, right? How many of you guys are kind of surprised to see some of these? Can we go to the next one? This element is uh, Zambian, 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 I think I said it right, Zambian. So he says that he fell straight from heaven in 1999. And when he started proclaiming that he was Jesus, the people of the city started beating him. So then he said, see, this is why I'm even higher than Jesus. Because people recognize me. 
So after he's done driving his taxi around, he goes and gets on a rope and he goes and starts reaching out to the local populace. Look at the individuals around him. Some of it might be real, some people might be laughing at him. I don't know. But there's people giving him attention. And that attention is taking away from our Savior, right? Next one. This couple is from Australia. This man said that he is the risen Savior and his wife is married. They actually go around, and he's a, he's a software developer. And he goes around to the different uh, areas and he, pro he provides these conferences on emotional clearing. Because you need to be emotionally clear in order to have a relationship with God. So all these things and all these individuals popping up, you're like, how can, we, how can people just fall for it? Well, they didn't really look at some of the scriptures. So my first thing I want to ask you, how do you tell the difference between truth and error? How do you tell the difference between truth and error? Do you call another person? Or do you go in and look at scripture for yourself? Which leads us to my first point. Trust through verification. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to say it again. Trust through verification. How do you verify? How, how can I trust? How can I build that trust? How can I verify somebody? Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you straight up. Chaplain Benton, Chaplain Sumter, Chaplain McPherson, Chaplain Stewart, all of us, we would never, ever get upset if you come up to us and say, hey, when you were preaching, that word that you said, from what I read and what I interpreted, it doesn't seem right. Because we want to make sure that we never misrepresent what God is telling us, yes. right? Yes. We never want to misunderstand what God is trying to push out. We don't want to push out our own opinions, our own agendas, our own politics. It is not about that. It is all about God, amen? Amen. It is not about rank. It is not about status. It is simply putting the simple truth out there, and that is Jesus loves you. Yeah. The next simple truth is Jesus will come back. Amen? Amen. So that's what we focus on. We say love God, love people. So how can we, how can we, how can we know what's truth and what's error? So we go next slide. How do you test the spirits? I'm going to be straight up with you. God will never contradict his word. Amen. Amen. God will never contradict his word. Can you pull up that, that scripture for me? 2 Timothy. All scripture is inspired by who? By God. And it's profitable for what? Jesus. Teaching. For? Rebuking. For? Correcting. For training in righteousness. So that man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Go back to that first verse, 16. Profitable for teaching, for rebuking. Because here's the thing, when you are constantly in the word of God, when those people start coming up and start making all these claims and all these uh, false prophecies, right? What's the first thing we should be doing? Comparing it to our word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love Chad Ben. I love my fellow chaplains. I love y'all, but I'm going to, if I hear something that's off a little bit, I'm going to go to my word to make sure that's lining up with what God wants us to know. Amen? Amen. And the same vice versa. 
That's how we start testing the spirit is we look to see if whoever's talking is providing us opposite of what God's word tells us. Yes. Amen? Amen? The next way you can do it is check to see where their source of information is coming from. Yeah. False prophets don't originate their information from their mind, ideas, or ideologies, right? We see, I've shown you the example of the gentleman out of Japan. This man has a political agenda. That's what he's basing a lot of what his prophecy is, right? Can we go to that next scripture, please? Second Peter. Above all, you know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation. Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Are y'all tracking with me? Yes, sir. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. So what he's saying is, don't be listening to people's opinions. Don't fall for everything, every word that is coming out of someone who claims to be a prophet. If it is not bouncing off the word of God, your spirit within you is going to let you know that, for one. And we'll get to that later. But the spirit within you is going to let you know if you should have peace with what's coming out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. Chad, have you ever heard somebody start t saying something and you got that nauseated feeling in your stomach because you knew this was not true? Because the spirit within us is going to let us know this ain't right. What this person is saying and doing, it is not right. Yeah. Amen? What's the next thing we look at? True prophecy is never of any private interpretation. There will be an agreement and confirmation from the body of Christ. Can we go to Jeremiah? This is what the Lord of Armies says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are deluding you. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. A lot of these individuals who are claiming to be God will continue to keep speaking their own mind, but they can't validate a lot of stuff what they're saying because it's not coming from God. When you ask them, show me the proof, show me what it says in the word. Oh no, I, I'm giving you the proof, I'm giving you the word. And you're like, well, how does this come about today? How can we deal with this today? And I'm not knocking anything, but it's, it, we gotta educate ourselves, right? Yes, sir. How do we believe different from other faiths? Yeah. Am I right? We serve, we live in a pluralistic environment. As military, pluralistic is we have to respect everybody, correct? Yeah. And I do, I respect every faith and I will help as a chaplain, right? Everybody exercise their rights. But I need to make sure that I understand what I believe. Am I correct? Right. We need to make sure that we're not just begging to every little thing just so we can make sure we don't offend everybody. We gotta make sure we understand what we believe. Right. Well, why do I believe this certain thing? Well, because the Bible, this is the way I interpret what God tells us. Where others might not see Jesus as Jesus. We just had one of the questions. Jesus was what? 100% God and 100% not everybody believes that. Am I correct? Everybody has a different thought. So for me, my faith teaches me that my God was 100% God and Jesus was 100% man. Amen? He was both. He wasn't just one. But some faiths believe that. And I'm not knocking other faiths, but I'm just saying we need to be educated on what we believe. In this service, we believe that Jesus is 100% God, 100% man. Amen? Yes, sir. All right. Moving on to the next point. And this is a preview, actually. So let's go to the scriptures. 
My fault, I kind of jumped ahead of myself a little bit. But let's go to the next part of the scripture. We're going to go to 1 John. And we're going to read verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And if we have seen and be testified that Father has sent his son as the world's savior, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. So here's like a little pre-point to this. God tells us to love one another, right? To love one another. And we need to be careful when we see that, because sometimes when we say love, we automatically incorporate trust in that. God tells us to love everybody, does he tell us to trust everybody? He doesn't. Because a lot of individuals, I'm sure, have fallen in love with whatever the person that they're saying, and that's why it's so easy for them to follow along. Because with their love came their trust. And great, today we love our spouses. We love our spouses 100%. Do I trust my wife? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, mankind, we have faults. Since the beginning that sin has entered into the world, we all have faults. So we need to be careful when we say, love one another. Yes, love one another. We need to love on everybody. But it says, let's trust everybody? No. Because through our love, we can love people, but we need to make sure that we trust through verification. Yes, sir. I said it before. We love each other, but it doesn't mean we need to trust every single person that comes across our path. That's how we open ourselves up for the enemy to slide in with those lies. Yes, yes you love chap, so when he's telling you to do this and do that, even though it's contrary, it's because you love him, you can still follow him. No, it doesn't work that way. And that's what I think some people maybe get twisted with the way God's love is. But we'll get to that in a second. Which we're going to go to Psalms 118.8 says what? Ensure, or it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. Yes. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. So yes, we are to love everybody, but we are still to always put our trust in God. We are to always put our trust in the Lord. Because he will never leave us, never forsake us. Because you know what? He loved us before we even came to him. You ever met those people that had mad money? And they said, oh, I trust this person because they are with me before I got my money. Right? God was loving you where you were before you even acknowledged him. So loving one another, we have to make sure, because we learn so many ways about love and how we can love in different ways. But one thing that we need to make sure we understand when we're loving is that we don't 
get it conflicted and twisted with trust. Love everybody doesn't tell you trust everybody. You trust through verification. Point two, you can't love God until you know him. You can't love God until you know God. And you say, well, what, is, what do you mean? Can we go to the next point or the next slide for me, please? Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God knows God. That last part that says knows God, that's not just talking about I know of him, knowledge of him. Can we go to the next slide? This Greek word for know that you see in the scripture is not talking about just knowledge, but it's talking about knowing God through experience. Yes, yes. Have you, how many of you guys experienced God? Yes, 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 sir. You experienced Him not only just through just talking about it, but you experienced Him moving your life. The closer you get to God by getting in His Word, the more you're going to experience God. And a lot of people will put that love. Because we talk about God is love. We think that love is just some mushy thing. That our God is a mushy God. No, he loves us through justification. He loves us through, through, through the, the pain that we have, through our discipline. He loves us in the way that he punishes us. Am I correct? Amen. So what happens? He talks, what did he do before? Through the world, he, he, let, he, he destroyed the world by water. You're like, how does a God that loves people do something like that? How does God allow death to come into place? How does God allow all these things? God loves us in everything that he does for us. Look at Job. Job was an individual who lost everything. But God blessed him through his, through his trials, through his tribulations. God's love, it comes in many ways and shapes and sizes. But we may not always acknowledge it as love. We always think love is just this mushy thing, this warm thing that just surrounds me and makes me happy. What does the Bible tell us? He who spares the rod. How many of us are looked at sideways when we talk about, I had to spank my child the other day. People are like, oh, that's so mean. That's so ruthless. No, because I love my child, I'm going to correct the action so they don't get in trouble later on in life with this. But they don't understand the God like that, that we understand, that we know, that we experience. Are you trusting and knowing God through every experience that you have? We also read about God sending his one and only begotten. The one and only begotten. God's love was revealed among in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. A lot of people won't give up your only plate of chicken for me. Because you love that chicken. Amen? But God doesn't, no, he doesn't do that. God sends his one and only son to the world. What does that mean? He didn't have any other sacrifice to give, but he gave his best. God doesn't give us his second string. that's good. God doesn't give us the third string. He gives us his one and only. God gives us his best. That is the love that we are talking about when we talk about loving one another. It's easy to love those who do well to me. 
No, he gave his everything before I even acknowledged him. We won't even give people our third string or our leftovers. But God gave his one and only for you. Because he says you were worth it. He gives you his best and only his best. Do we always recognize it as that? When we're in those struggles, when we're going through those trials and tribulations, when we're going through those hard times, do we always view it and look at it as being his best? That is what I hold on to, that he gave his one and only for me before I even knew him. That is true love. Most of you guys don't know this, but I'm married to my wife, who's my second marriage. But here's the problem in the first time. Until I came to know God and know Christ, I didn't know what love was. The closer I got to God, the more I realized, wow, my love was all mixed up. I was basing my love off of works and actions that were not going towards me. But no, when I finally read and understood God loved me before I even made a choice. God loved me when I was still this person, over here doing my walling out, doing my own type of thing. God still loved me and sent his son to die for me. Yeah. That is the love that we're talking about. When we say love with one another. And that's what Chad did such a great job last week talking about that type of love, that agape love, all those different types of love that he was touching on that we get it confused with. And actually, you brought a music soul child where you said, love, so many people use your name in vain. You know when the song was originally written? It was actually meant to say God. Lord, so many people use your name in vain. Isn't that true? Yeah. So many people say God in such the wrong way because they don't understand his love. So many people, when they get upset, they say, God bless you. Are you really meaning that? Do you really know what God did for you? Because you wouldn't use his name in that way. So we need to understand what God's love really is. Because God loves us in so many different ways. Can we go to 1 John 4, 17 through 21? word says this. And this love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Why do you think it says fear is punishment? Why do you think fear says, he says fear is punishment? Because when we're scared of something, we're constantly worried about it. When we're scared of something, we can never have peace. Fear is taking, can take over us. Am I, not, am I not lying, right? Is that true? 
When we fear about something, how many of you guys can sleep right when you're worried about something? How many of you guys can go to sleep when you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do on that test tomorrow for my promotion. But that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the fear of, man, if I die, I don't know where I'm going. I'm talking about, I don't have fear. I have fear that every time I get on a plane, I'm afraid that something happens, right? I don't know where I'm going to go. Perfect love drives out the fear. What does that mean? Does that mean my perfect love? No. But when we understand God's perfect love, I was talking with somebody earlier. We continue to doubt ourselves and doubt what we are, uh, what God is capable to do it through us because we are like, man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not loving like God. I'm not doing the things that Christ has put on my heart. I am like shameful a lot of times, but the closer you get to God, the more things you're going to find out about yourself that need to be touched, right? The more you get closer to God, the more you feel unworthy of the blessing. But when you understand that God loved you before you chose him, then you can have peace with it. You can stop looking in the word now for validation for yourself, but now you can start looking in the word and start, start finding ways that you can help others to see that truth that God loves them before they even got to know his name. Amen? Amen. So we need to continue to seek him out and understand that there is perfect love waiting for us from Jesus Christ. Can you go to the next one? That's how we can have bonus in the day of judgment. A lot of people are still scared if they die on the way home or die in a car accident. I don't know what's going to happen where I'm going to go. You should not leave out of this place without knowing for sure that you have a relationship with Christ. Amen? Can we go to the next one, please? Next one, please. His perfect love is where we can find our rest, our relief, and our renewal. Come all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you finally give away something that was not, that was not meant for you to carry, because it was already taken care of on the cross, then you can find relief. When you find that relief, then you can realize that you've been renewed through Jesus Christ's blood. Amen? Amen. That was poured out and sacrificed for you. And now you are no longer broken in Jesus' eyes, but you are now complete and made whole, not because of anything you did, but what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Amen. So as we get ready to wrap up, as we conclude this message, God loves you. Don't allow the fear of yourself to keep you from trusting him today. Don't allow the fear for you not having enough knowledge to challenge others that may be saying something that just doesn't feel right to you. Trust through verifying. Trust through verifying. And the way you trust him is by building up your knowledge of knowing who God is, what he did, and what's going to happen later. And allowing him to come into your heart today. Don't allow yourself to leave this place without knowing Christ. Amen? without acknowledging who God is. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what tonight will bring. But do you have complete confidence if you were to stand in judgment today? Do you have confidence in knowing that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we just thank you today, Father God, for how you blessed us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son 
to die on the cross for us, Father God. That you sent your son, Father God, knowing what we were going to do. You sent your son to die on the cross, knowing the bad things and the things that we were going to say, actions we might take, Father God, that were against what you told us, Father God, what we should be doing. Father God, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, Father God. We thank you for always giving us another opportunity to get it right up until this point, Father God. And we don't want to take another day for granted. We don't want to take another minute, another second, Father God. And Lord, Father God, as we take communion today, Father God, as we recognize what your, what your son did, Father God, and we remember what he did, Father God, I pray, Lord, that every person here will start looking into their hearts, Father God, of something that needs to be given to you, Father God. Father God, you said to love one another. Some of us can't love one another because we have bitterness in our heart, Father God. We need, to, we need to forgive somebody, Father God. Or maybe we need to ask somebody for forgiveness, Father God. Though we know it's like poison within us, Father God, that we're holding on to, Father God. We don't want to let go. But, Father God, we can't love, Father God, halfway, Lord. If we're to love like you, we cannot love halfway. We need to be full-fledged, seeking in every opportunity to love all those that come in contact with us. To love our brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you again, Father God, for how you're moving and what you're doing. And I pray, Father God, that you would just bless the rest of this day. Bless each person here, Father God. And again, Lord, if there's anybody here that does not know you, I pray, Lord, that the chains would be removed that keep holding them in their seat. That the chains around their tongue that keeps them from asking for help or for guidance, Lord, would be removed, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way. And it's in your precious name that we say, amen.